Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Avanti Insights Podcast. I'm Adrian Vernon, and today I'm joined, as always, by Chris Gettle, our Vice President of Product Management at Avanti, and Daniel Spicer, our Chief Security Officer at Avanti. Guys, great to have you here. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks for having us. All right. Now, Chris, hey, last time we were here, you were Senior Director of Product Management. Now you're VP of Product Management. So congrats on the recent promotion. Oh, thank you for that. Yep. And then Daniel, on your side, you're you're recently stepping into that chief security officer role. So again, congrats there. And guys, I I I just feel like, boy, am I just running in the mud here? I'm not I'm not sure, but but it's great, great to be here with you guys. So all right, today we're talking about artificial intelligence and machine learning. These have been hot topics in uh, security in recent years, but did you know that AI was first developed back in the 1950s? And do you guys know why we didn't see AI implemented even before that time? Any guesses? No. Stun silence. Process uh, power. Yeah. I I think that was probably the biggest factor is there's just, it, it wasn't capable at that point. Exactly. As I understand it, prior to 1950, computers lacked one of the key prerequisites for intelligence, right? They could not store commands. So they could be told what to do, but they couldn't remember what they did. And, and Chris, I'll tell you, my wife might say that about me today, right? That's how I am at home. So what's really changed in the last 70 years, I think is what my wife would say. But obviously since then, hey, applications for AI and machine learning, they've exploded. I saw a recent stat, Fortune Business Insights predicts that by 2027, artificial intelligence will be a 270 billion dollar market. That's billion with a B. So uh, so it's serious business. Folks are starting to get on board. So why don't we get into it? Let's focus on cybersecurity and how artificial intelligence and machine learning fit into the in- equation. Daniel, we're going to start with you. What are some of the benefits that organizations realize when they implement AI or machine learning solutions? So so just at a general level, right? One of the, the things that we deal with in technology is volume of data, right? And and we've gotten to the point where we generate so much data, so much information that it's not actually possible for humans to go through all of that. And and it's gotten to the point now that even just generic algorithms that we want to generate, we can't generate them fast enough. Machine learning and artificial intelligence is a way for us to start trying to handle that data volume. And you know, there there's no no data volume like security data volume, right? There's constant attacks and, and, and shifts in the landscape and it moves so quickly, there's just a great application. Another aspect of that is things that you can't really accumulate on your own as well. You know, it, it's very difficult for uh, a company to go through and try to have people try to identify what they're trying to, to get through. So one, one challenge, an example would be like insurance fraud. You can't have your insurance claims adjusters be able to go through every single claim and try to identify which ones are valid, which ones are not. Examples of that would be like, there's, there's a lot of people who try to you know, present fraudulent claims. They'll go and grab an image of whatever item it is that they're trying to get the claim for just off of the web. And say, oh yeah, this was what I what I had, and was that really real? So they could they can you know machine learning can be used to identify a variety of different things, pull together all of those data points. It's a big data problem, but also just a matter of there's there's some simple solutions too that can be done. Just a matter of they're so difficult for a human to 
go through and uh, you know look at all those different points, it's a lot easier to have a machine learning algorithm do those uh, repetitive tasks for us and uh, identify when you know something fits that pattern or fits that behavior. So it's it's actually used quite a bit in a variety of different ways that most people don't even realize. Okay, now let's flip that the perspective a little bit. Just like in Star Wars where there's the power of the force, there's always a darker side. So what about the dark side of artificial intelligence and machine learning? Daniel, are cyber criminals also using this, this technology to their benefit? And if so, how are they doing it? It, there's actually a bunch of different ways. And, and the one that I find the most interesting, one of the, the earliest places where we see uh, kind of the machine learning model versus machine learning model, the, 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 the battle of the AI, right, is actually in phishing emails, right? So, you know, we've had for a very long time, the, the vendors sitting at our mail gateways, collecting these large amounts of, of different examples of email to help better detect potential phishing emails. And then a few years ago, we had certain banking botnets. We're thinking Emotet and TrickBot, you know, they may be defunct now, but one of the functionalities they introduced was stealing mail data. And they collected vast, vast number of messages that they can now have this same data set that some of our defenders have in order to identify and, and create more sophisticated, more convincing phishing emails. And so this is really the first place where you're, you're really seeing the, the bad guys and the good guys, both with their machine learning assistants going at each other. Now, one thing that I'll throw out there, leading up to this conversation, I did a little bit of research about AIs. If you look at the distinctive AIs that have made it into movies and fan fiction and everything else, I think that you know the, the AIs fighting for good don't stack up to the AIs fighting for bad, you know? You've got things like Skynet, Ultron, those types of AIs fighting for the bad. On the good side, you've got uh, things like the droids from Star Wars or WALL-E. So can we, can we find a way, Daniel, to, to get Skynet to, to fight for good and go up against Ultron for us? Because that really, it feels like we're going to need that level of AI to fight back against that, that, that kind of uh, you know, forces of darkness, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it comes down to making sure that we're refining the the quality of the uh, models. And and truthfully, this is like any other cat and mouse game in security, right? You know, we start using machine learning and, and AI models, the bad guys start doing the same thing. And so now we're, we're going to get to this point about who's generating better models and, and really starting to put them against each other. And this is actually kind of core to how artificial intelligence works, right? One of the, the core ways that machine learning works is through adversarial learning, where you take a machine learning model that is supposed to be able to positively detect something and you pit it against another machine learning model, which is designed specifically to try to fool the other model. And so there's going to be a lot of, of this, and it, it kind of reminds me of how we have uh, good red teams, right, who, who help us test our network defenses. Let's talk about the human element. For years, the skills gap has been a hot topic in cybersecurity, and it never seems like there are enough smart and talented individuals to fill the security roles. So do you see AI as a way to alleviate some of that gap? But if there is that that gap between the dark side and the good side, 
will it really alleviate that that skills gap? Yeah, I think I think introducing AI ML technologies is absolutely necessary to decrease the amount of effort um, that's going into it. So if you look at you know several security technologies over the years that really needed to evolve and used machine learning as a way to evolve. Antivirus was reaching a toppling point where definition-based AV detection just wasn't going to survive. It went into behavioral and still evolved further and further until it evolved into EDR. EDR, you know, started around things like indicators of compromise. Still, it was not quite at the level where it could really kind of eliminate some of the need for that human intervention. There were a lot of false positives, a lot of uh, times where it still wasn't quite robust enough. The introduction of more ML capabilities to really understand baselines. And, you know, you could have a baseline across everything you could see across multiple companies. You can have a baseline at a company level. You can have a baselines at a person uh, level within an organization. That's the point where the volume of those false positives can be eliminated by those algorithms to make it so that the human element can now deal with the volume of incidents that really need the attention that needs that human element. So I do think, you know, that that's a good example of where this is helping to drive to reduce the amount of human intervention needed to respond to security issues. The human element is still necessary, but we can eliminate a lot of the noise from the equation and get down to the incidents that uh, really need the most attention by implementing these types of technologies. So when we talk about AI and ML, there's certainly some goodness there. What should organizations be wary of or be cautious of? Uh, Are there any risks they should be wary of or cautious of when implementing such technologies in cybersecurity? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I always worry about is organizations trying to over-automate a process, right? If If you take something and uh, you try to completely remove the the human element. Eventually, it becomes stale or stagnant, or you know, it, it's not agile enough to handle edge cases. You know, as much as we would like it to be, the the AIs that we're talking about aren't at the level of, of Skynet right now. They're more of, of augmentations of of our employees, right? So kind of like what Chris was saying, we still need smart people behind the wheel in order to make sure that these models are paying attention. There was actually some really great research, I believe it was last year, where uh, researchers were able to fool Microsoft's machine learning models in Windows Defender in order to convince it that a piece of malware was actually not malware. And so being able to, to manipulate those ML models, if there isn't a human paying attention, you know, the bad guys can manipulate them the same way that they can make their own bad AIs, right? They're great tools. It's an amazing technology, but it, it really is something that enhances our ability to, to do the work and, and not something that we can just set and forget. As we head to the home stretch here in this episode of Avanti Insights, going to ask you guys, is there anything we missed? We're going to start with Chris, final parting shot you want to leave our listeners with. Not really anything that we missed, but kind of uh, some interesting ways that machine learning is helping to improve experiences. We're, we're looking at the uh, September or August patch Tuesday coming up here very shortly. One of the challenges that I think a lot of companies face is around getting the level of understanding on how patches are performing in their environment. 
there's a there's always a fear of uh, pushing um, out something operationally and having it break in the environment. And also understanding which updates need more attention than others. Back to that, you know, how do we you know help people focus their attention? with these types of algorithms. So that's something that, uh, you know, we've actually implemented uh, machine learning in solutions like our patch intelligence, which helps to one, take crowdsourced information from many organizations. And with that, it can help show reliability of updates in an environment. If we can show somebody that uh, the latest Google Chrome update has installed thousands of times in less than 24 hours and give them a feel for how it's performing, if we can also take social sentiment from that and find baselines to be able to go out and say, okay, this update just came out. It's getting an un- abnormal amount of chatter across you know, social media and other sources. This is something that you might want to take a look at. And with that sentiment, being able to show somebody, hey, this might be more security related. This might be more operationally related. Now, those uh, the humans involved can start to optimize their time spent. So that's definitely something to look out for is ways that these technologies are helping to reduce time and effort to close security gaps. And Chris, you mentioned Patch Tuesday. Let's just give everyone, everyone may not know exactly what you're referring to there, at least from an Avanti perspective. Give people a quick overview of this monthly webinar series that you lead. Yeah, this, this kind of goes back to Microsoft, you know, many years ago started a regular cadence for when they distribute their updates out to the, the world. This made it easier for uh, organizations to schedule maintenance because that type of security updates need, need some downtime to be able to put in place. So Microsoft's Patch Tuesday kind of started this huge following for most organizations to schedule their monthly maintenance. Now, many organizations are more on a continuous basis as well. So there's always updates coming out, you know, many days during every week. But most organizations still kind of subscribe to and focus on a monthly cadence of doing most of their updates. That happens on the second Tuesday of each month for Microsoft and other vendors like Adobe that have standardized on that cadence. And uh, we do uh, have a webinar series that we host at Avanti that helps our customers to quickly get a lot of details in a very short period of time. We do a lot of analysis, help them understand what came out, what types of security issues they might need to be aware of or operational issues they might want to look out for and help them to prioritize better, to spend their time more more efficiently as they try to go through that process. And a very quick Google search for Avanti Patch Tuesday will will pull up a registration page for this webinar series if anyone is interested in joining you for that. All right, Daniel, final closing comments from your end. Not much here. I just, you know, kind of a, a bit of amusing. One of the things that I'm always interested in is, is how we're going to uh, respond when an AI makes a bad decision. You know, uh, the, the machine learning models are kind of black boxes. And so it's hard to understand why a machine learning process made a certain decision. And so I think that's going to be an interesting line of research over the next few years as our dependency on these technologies continue. All right. Well, Chris Gettle, Daniel Spicer, we really appreciate you coming on. As usual, we'll do it again two weeks from now. Until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed the conversation with Daniel and Chris talking about AI and ML. Until next time, stay safe, be secure, and keep smiling. (music) 